Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bees Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi, this is Buddy. And this is Jenny. And welcome to Bees Books. Welcome. So this time around, the theme was a little difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. I eventually narrowed it down, but the theme that Bee gave us was Golden Years. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you find the theme, Jenny? Were you well, okay with it? Well, I've chosen a genre rather than an actual book this time. Oh. Um, but I'm interested because I can kind of see your books. So mm-hmm. Let me see your book first. I'm, I'm too nosy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my book's called Once Upon a Tone oh. by Oliver Dakshire. And the sub- subtitle is The Misadventures of a Rare Bookseller. I'm going to tell you why I chose this as Golden Years. I'm puzzled. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, this is this is my aim to puzzle you and to puzzle me and to puzzle anybody <laughs> <laughs> listening to us why how how is this golden news why does this make sense it does in my head okay but yes before that can i ask you about your series yes so um mine's is the the um genre is golden age crime ah. so i've kind of squished it in slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. so golden age crime for those that don't know is the sort of 20s and 30s between the two world wars oh. um so it's things like agatha christie um authors like that um and I have them here. Oh, wow. So the first one I have is And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. But the other books I've got are all part of the same series. And I'm going to show you the covers. Oh, because they're beautiful. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So this is a modern writer, but writing for those years. All right. Um, and they're, they're very good. Um, so this is Martin Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will talk a wee bit about that. But I, I'm still interested. How does this fit in? <laughs> so Golden Years is like, you know, sort of, Old, the I guess people who are older, I don't want to say old, <laughs> older and they have more time in their uh-huh. life and, you know, they have more, um, yeah, freedom to do whatever they want. And I focused very much on the older oh, bit okay. because this bookshop is a real bookshop. Uh-huh. It's uh, called Sotherins and I think that's how you say it. And it's in London and it was founded in 1761. Mm-hmm. So it is a bookshop in its golden years. Mm-hmm. One or I think even beyond platinum. <laughs> it's quite and it's all rare and antiquarian books oh. as well. So the books are also like I guess past the prime uh-huh. of life, which not to offend any golden years <laughs> listeners, but yeah. So it's just although the person who's writing this book isn't, mm-hmm. um, so it's a like interesting juxtaposition I guess. But I just I read this book a few weeks ago or a couple of months maybe, and I really loved it because it made me think about like a lot of parallels between working in a public library mm-hmm. and working in a rare bookshop rare bookseller bookshop so he it's basically sort of like a diary memoir kind of thing and in fact i'll read the description because i think it encapsulates it perfectly you know sometimes how book descriptions don't they tell you a lie they don't yes this, year comes to mind uh-huh yep uh-huh. this is absolutely the opposite and this is also a debut book with so i guess it depends so yeah some years ago oliver daksha stepped into the hushed interior of henry sotheran limited on sackwell street established 1761 to interview for their book selling apprenticeship a decision which has bedeviled him ever since (laughs) he'd intended to stay for a year before launching into some less dusty better remunerated career unfortunately for him the alluring smell of old books and the temptation of a management-approved afternoon nap proved irresistible. Soon, he was balancing teetering stacks of first editions 
fending off nonagenarian widows with a 10-foot pole and trying not to upset the store's resident ghost. Oh. The late Mr. Sotheran had unfinished business when he was hit by that tram. <laughs> For while Sotheran's might be a treasure trove of literary delights, it sings a siren song to eccentrics. There are not only colleagues whose tastes in rare items range from the inspired to the mildly dangerous, but also zealous collectors seeking knowledge, curios, or simply someone with whom to hold a four-hour conversation about books bound in human skin. Oh. <laughs> By turns unhinged and earnestly dog-eared, Once Upon a Tome is the rather colourful story of life in one of the world's oldest bookshops and a le- love letter to the benign, unruly world of antiquarian bookselling, where to be uncommon or strange is the best possible compliment. Which doesn't, isn't, it sells it, it completely lives up to this description. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think his love of books and strangeness and strange people and strange encounters really shines through. Like he writes, there's a sort of section where he writes about the different kinds, like species of customers that he oh. interacts with. <laughs> Because they are like, like he said, eccentrics, it does seem quite an eccentric sort of space which then made me think of like if you know how I keep saying a sitcom set in a public library Absolutely. would be brilliant mm-hmm. and I, I think there is one set in a used bookshop called Black Books Oh, uh, so like there is a sitcom but not, nothing set in a public library yet so whenever he was talking about you know these in- strange encounters and with books and people like it kept making me think about working here <laughs> and it was just like his uh, style is so like it's sort of a blend of non-fiction but also like imaginative things so he like He has a Twitter account as well, which is how I first um, encountered the shop. It's called Sotheran's and there is also like it's a similar kind of voice because he runs the Twitter account and it's uh, just a blend of fact but also like leaps of imagination where he'll be like, oh, there are these strange creatures that, you know, uh, they're making sounds behind the shelf. Should I go and <laughs> should I find them or should I just hide in this corner? And like politics of the air conditioning, temp- the correct air conditioning temperature among colleagues. That and does it, sound very familiar. Yeah, yeah. So it just made me feel really both, like it was both unfamiliar and familiar, like a mix. Uh-huh. And just I loved reading about book people and, you know, people who build their lives around books because like both of us are such book people Absolutely. but of a different flavor than this mm-hmm. because like rare books antiquarian books like the one he said about danger mm-hmm. was one I think that had like there were books that had poison in their pages oh. I don't know if it was on purpose or it was because of the time when it because they're old books mm-hmm. so like Yeah, it was the materials that were used then that now would like kill you or would kill you then too, but now you know about it. So yeah, it, it, it's just a fantastic book and it does fit in golden years. It does. I, I have declared. <laughs> well, A, I went a road trip um, to go and visit it. Uh-huh. And B, I, everybody knows I don't like non-fiction books. I would give this a go. You've, you've really sold it, um, that you could read it. You know, it's a dipping in book. It is, it is. So I'll just show you. Sorry for the people who uh, (laughs) don't have the visual. You'll just have to come to the library to check it out. But they're pretty short uh, subsections of chapters. Oh, here there's a picture of a god that looks like Queen Victoria, (laughs) which has been in the shop for ages. They've been trying (laughs) to sell it. So they collect, apart from books, they Uh collect weird things as well. And it just becomes a part of the decor. Sometimes they sell it, but mostly it just becomes home. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so see, it's not, like super long so it's just a, a few pages wow. and and they're not 
you don't need to read all of them mm-hmm. together it's not a narrative mm-hmm. it's just yeah, dipping in and out is perfect it does have a very lovely inside mm-hmm. cover as well yeah um, all these different yeah because they sell prints as well mm-hmm. so the shop must be beautiful like he describes the shop too mm-hmm. and just like the old timey kind of thing which has a certain romance mm-hmm. to it so road trip for sure Absolutely. for research purposes yeah yeah <laughs> um, I bet it has that smell as well that proper and isn't the cover gorgeous it as is. well so like some of the things on the cover there are objects that he talks about in mm-hmm. the book so they are like someone's commissioned this piece and this is him presumably so yeah you're the god <laughs> that looks like Queen Victoria there's a <laughs> sinister owl some like yeah head pieces and like it's it's just a really nice way to spend time mm-hmm. in another world but a familiar one but also uh-huh. like yeah he's a really good guide into that world too because he's a very dry mm-hmm. sort of sense of humor <laughs> and he's both like he's kind of an anthropologist that this is not really my kind of world but now i guess it is so i'm a part <laughs> of it so it yeah. starts from his journey into like when he's new and now he's been there for a few years and mm-hmm. things so it's really lovely i think b is going to let you off anyway because the writing on it is gold oh you're absolutely so right she i just think it's got weird and wonderful <laughs> ways of fitting things uh-huh. in um, yep. so even if it wasn't we would get away with it later. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i would definitely read that oh definitely. excellent so what about your books no. So, as I say, um, I've chosen Golden um, Age Crime, um, which is set between the two two world uh, wars. And the first one I chose was And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. You may have seen um, a recent adaptation on the television, um, mm-hmm. but I would always say read the book, it's better. Um, and basically this, this book is... Um, a kind of locked door mystery murder thing. Mm. Um, so ten people are invited to an island. They all think they're going for a slightly different reason. And basically they're all killed off. Um, all of them. Um, so you have to try and work out how that's done. Um, and it's, it's very clever. It's very, oh, very clever. All of them? Yep. Oh. So um, when they get there, um, they get taken over to this island on a boat. Um, and there's like a housekeeper and a butler. And then there's eight guests and um, they go into the, the living room, uh, the dining room, and on the table are ten small soldiers. Um, the island is called Soldier Island. And as the people are killed off, the uh, wee statues disappear. Um, so they kind of notice this. Um, and there's kind of lots of other things happening in the background that you kind of go, oh that happening um, but it all comes from a poem that's up on everybody's bedroom wall right. called Ten Little Soldiers and basically I shall very quickly find it it is an old kind of poem um, and it says Ten Little Soldier Boys went out to dine one choked his little self and then there were nine nine little soldier boys sat up late one overslept himself and then there were eight and it kind of goes right down to one little soldier boy left all alone. He went and hanged himself, and then there were none. Oh. Um, so each person dies in the same way. To the, the, the thing. Um, so and it's a serial killer, maybe. Yes, but they all die, and there's yeah. nobody else on the island because it's quite a small island, right. and, they go and they hunt around. The house on the island has been recently built, so it's a very modern for the 20s, 30s. Um, so there's no hiding places, there's no priest's hole or anything that anybody could hide. So it's trying to work out. And they try and work out when they realise, you know, that somebody's bumping them off, but it must be one of them. And it gets very suspicious, so everybody kind of like, oh, I think the doctor's done it because they use poison. Oh, I think this person's done it. And you don't actually know 
why the people are there either mm-hmm. um, but you kind of learn that as you're going along so it turns out that each um, person has murdered somebody but got oh. away with it um, but not intentionally so for example one of them found out his wife was having an affair with um, one of his people in the army and he kind of put him on the front line so basically he was killed so he's not done it directly but indirectly ah. it's kind of so somebody's passing judgment that yes. they didn't actually uh-huh, get yes. so I was while you were talking I was very rudely googling you, you uh, yes. yes it wasn't <laughs> because your thing actually reminded me of the kinds of things I really enjoy watching, mm-hmm. like especially recently. So I don't know if you know the Knives Out uh, yes, movie. Yes. Franchise, like, so when you were talking about the island, I was trying to, like I remember the glass onion bit, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember Knives Out. And then the other thing about all the people trying to figure out so I'm currently watching something on Apple called The After Party. Mm-hmm. And that's a really fun uh, for a murder <laughs> mystery <laughs> thing, like a show. Mm-hmm. So it's in its second season now. And it's a similar kind of concept, which is uh, like one person dies and then they're all like together in a same, in the same space. And the detective is trying to figure out. So interview in each episode is interviewing different suspects. Right. But the sort of twist in the after party is like, so yeah, there was a party where someone dies with the after party. Is that when each person is describing their, uh, you know, what they did, their alibi, I guess, mm-hmm. or wh- why they were there. It's in a different genre, oh. depending on what kind of story it is. So sometimes it's a rom-com, sometimes it's a noir, oh. sometimes it's a mystery, sometimes it's like a musical. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so it's just, it's just a great, grand old time. And like, but throughout the different alibis, you're getting different bits of clues, some red herring, some... So you can like... I guess put it together mm-hmm. if you're cleverer than me I'm not that <laughs> clever so which makes me um, then yeah like ask in this is there enough for the reader to put things together or does it come as a complete plot well, twist I, I think that um, as you're going along if you're familiar with that kind of style of writing there are kind of wee clues here and there um, one of the, the soldier boys I'll find the wee bit again um, dies from a red herring um, uh-huh. And you kind of go, oh, that must be. Um, so where are you? Um, four little soldier boys going out to sea. A red herring swallowed one, and then there were three. Uh-huh. So when that comes up, and suddenly there's only three of them left, you kind of go, all right, okay, red herring. You know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has a double meaning. Yeah. Where does that fit in? But there's lots of wee clues throughout it if you're clever um, enough. You don't need to. I, I like to read a book and just read it. I, oh, <laughs> I love plot twists. So I like them both, actually. Like, sometimes I like putting the clues together. And I think a really good writer or sort of a narrative, you know, helps you do that. Like, but also sort of surprises you too like I like those books the best where I feel like oh I know who it is oh wait oh wait no (laughs) but even like sometimes when I do know who it is it's nice to like sort of oh I did follow the clues but when it's a surprise I love it best when it's a surprise I'm like oh now it all makes sense but this is like that because you do you kind of go oh I know who it is no I definitely know who it is and then they die and you think oh right okay that that didn't work out who else can it be and like the characters in it you kind of go well wait a minute he was in the army so he must have a revolver so yeah. I know somebody was shot so it must be him and then you go oh wait he's he's now dead so yeah. who, who else might have a revolver you know it's all that kind of yeah. stuff um, and as it's going through it you kind of learn the stories about who they killed now some of it was a, an accident but they didn't 
pay the price. Right. Um, so who is this judging them? Exactly. Ah, <laughs> not in a court of their peers. No. Um, and obviously the, the person's done their homework. They've like, right. You know, really so they've invited them very strategically yes, and uh-huh. like planned the whole thing. Yes, uh-huh. oh, it's, it's very clever. And it's not, for the, Agatha Christie, we think of Miss Marple, we think of Poirot. Mm. It's not one of those. It's kind no. of a standalone book. She right. does have quite a few of those. Right. Um, and it's it's very, it's very good. I'd actually love, like, I know usually I also like the books, mm-hmm. but I'd also really like to see how it's been adapted. The good thing about some of these is that they twist it slightly at the yeah. end. You know, they, they know that everybody's shared the book, so yeah. sometimes they change it slightly. Yeah. Recent adapt- adaptation, they've not, um, they've changed it in that you don't find out why the person's done it oh. in the same way as the book. Right. But you know, they, they've changed the it same slightly. motivations. Yes, and uh-huh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot kind of more flashbacks, whereas in the book, you know, they just kind of talk, if you see what I mean. Oh, I definitely um, want to read but this it, one. It's very good. So, yes, yeah, my first for um, Golden Age Crime. Yes. But I recently came across Martin Edwards. Mm-hmm. And the first Gorgeous cover. Also, golden script. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, go- double gold there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're sneaky like that. Um, so they're set in um, 1930 in London, and the first one I read and I absolutely loved it. I'm now just about to start the third one because um, oh, it's nice. really good. Um, and basically, it's it's similar in that there's a couple of stories happening, and you're not quite sure. And at one point, I went, I absolutely know what's happened here. I know that this character is really this person, and they've done this. And that you know, I'm all smug and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come to the end, and it's like, all right, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, but in the second book, Mortmain Hall, at the end of the the book, the author does give a slight nod to the Golden Age crime, um, and apparently, clue finders appeared from the late nineteen twenties onwards in detective novels by British and American authors such as um, Agatha Christie, and there's a whole bunch of other authors there as well. And in this novel, he wanted to pay um, homage to that, so he's revived the, the tradition. And there's 34 clues, and he goes kind of through them and, and, ah. and tells you. So um, there's things like family resemblances that you don't realise that somebody's related to somebody right. else. But there's plenty of like clues. So he says on page 23, um, I say that the person has a beaky nose and straw hair. Um, later on, I say that the other character has ah. a So th- I sat and went through all the clues yeah, as well, yeah. which I found quite interesting. Yeah. Again, when you're reading the book, you never really notice that. No. You just kind of went, ha ha. Um, but reading these, they were obviously put in to help people work yeah. things out. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. But very sneakily. <laughs> but I love that because you know what? I've been so I've been listening to a lot of mystery audiobooks because. I think I'd forgotten how much I enjoy mysteries, but it's not like a genre I would say I read a lot of. Mm-hmm. But now I have been like, especially since we started the podcast, because you're a huge mystery fan. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to them. And I think the sort of a different uh, perspective of listening to audiobooks, especially with the mystery, is that your brain is making connections in a slightly different way. Because I'll be listening to the books when I'm doing the dishes, for example. So like a repetitive sort of task or, or I'm going to on a walk or something like folding up laundry, all the boring things <laughs> like the chores in life. And like, so I'm listening to it and I'm paying attention. But like in the background, my brain is kind of making connections. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to things in a different way than I would um, in a book, like while reading the book. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think it's 
it's helped in some ways and like it's a different experience in others in terms of like figuring out who it is so like you know the sort of things you were saying family resemblance and things i wouldn't pay so much attention to that kind of thing when i'm reading mm-hmm. like uh, in a paperback or a hardback but when i'm listening to yeah. it it frees up my mental space i think a little bit more mm-hmm. so then i'm paying attention to those kinds of things i'm like oh i wonder if this is yeah. and that's helped in some of the agatha christie books mm-hmm. as well which is a really interesting experience so yeah I, I think I'd listen to some uh-huh. of them. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about yeah. that. Um, like when I'm reading, I'm sitting, there's no TV on, you mm. know, the house is nice and quiet, and I'm sitting reading, I'm concentrating yeah. on it. But like you say, if you're doing like a repetitive task yeah. and you're not having to sit with the book, yeah. then you can just, I can imagine, yeah, you yeah. pick up on different things. It's, it's really interesting, and I only started noticing in the last few months because I've been sort of having a mystery book going every couple of weeks or so like some Agatha Christie Miss Marple I'm like working my way back mm-hmm. up the catalogue and like a few others that I'm listening to and it's really it's cool that sort of twist that a uh-huh. different format gives in like I love mysteries I love mm-hmm. plot twists mm-hmm. and it's nice to sometimes be on the side of like oh you sort of figuring things out but maybe not like yeah. maybe in the end it's all like oh Agatha Christie is the queen of you know mm-hmm. that kind of a thing yeah. Um, my favourite in um, Miss Marple is at Bertram's Hotel. Oh. I don't know if you've read that one yet. Is that one of the later ones? Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, so uh-huh. I, I've just, I think I've got midway mm-hmm. through. No, so I haven't yet, I don't think. Because uh, after I finished and then there were none, that's my lunchtime book. Is oh. that I've reading that. I mean, it's, it's very clever. Um, you've totally sold me on this mm-hmm. one but this sounds really fascinating so I don't know though I'm now torn whether <laughs> I should read it whether I should listen to it whether I should watch, watch the it. adaptation <laughs> as I say the adaptation is really good um, it's got a uh, Charles Dance um, you know some some quite good actors that are on the cover I'm just oh sure yeah yeah um, see usually I hate covers that you know it's a pet peeve mm-hmm. that is an adaptation mm-hmm. of uh, like if it's a TV show that's come out or a movie and the book covers like I don't know I just don't like them yeah. but the, in this case it's useful because now like if you would have said Charles Dutton really who <laughs> and now I know who he is yeah. because I can see his photo however when I read it I put a bit of paper over that so that I w- because when you read something the characters are different than if you in your head you're right it. and I didn't want to have them in my head because it's been long enough since the TV adaptation for me to have forgotten what they look like. Um, so Charles Dance in the book doesn't look like Charles Dance, if uh-huh. you see what I mean. Um, so so you watched the adaptation? Yes, but idea. a while ago. Um, right. And I read this before I watched the adaptation and then I've read it afterwards. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to see the characters because in my head yeah. they were different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I put a bit of paper because I'm the same. I, I don't like to see yeah. the film version cover of a book yeah that I do. makes sense like i think it does help with some people um because like maybe people who wouldn't have picked up the book but yes. they really like the show or the movie mm-hmm. and they you know like they see it on the book and they pick it up but we're not those people <laughs> we like, would pick up the book yeah. anyway exactly so exactly. yeah so i guess there's a place for them just not on our shelves no <laughs> Um, but as you know, we were saying the the covers of the the Martin Edwards books are lovely. They're, They're very kind of art decoish, just just lovely. I think this time's the picture that you're gonna click after this for B with mm-hmm. B, 
it's going to be gorgeous because all these covers except maybe the yeah. like this is a fine cover <laughs> with the TV adaptation I guess but yeah they're just gorgeous and that's something that people can find uh, on our social media pages yeah absolutely yeah so you can just have a look to see uh, just fall in love with the covers <laughs> and then maybe pick them up at the library so you might not be able to get that one out because I'm going to take that one out because <laughs> <laughs> well, you totally sold it I- I'm so glad especially like from a fiction to a yes. non-fiction uh-huh, thing well yes. if you just dip in and out I'll report uh, back next time yes. and tell you how I got on. Oh, that. excellent. Thank <laughs> you. So I hope now B is happy with our choices. I think we've double golden her. Yes. So <laughs> it's like in a very direct and indirect way. So what about the next theme, Jenny? Do you have any, uh, have you heard any rumours? I have. She's come away from the colourful theme. Uh-huh. If you remember last time, it was a colourful uh-huh. line. Golden years this time. So this time it's going to be, it's a mystery. <gasps> mystery yes. okay which we kind of touched on there so i think that's we're both true. going to be absolutely fine with that that's true um, yeah oh but now we have to find ways to make the genre new yes I <laughs> which i think we have some ideas yes absolutely <laughs> but yes. i think they will be impressed i think she will well. yes. yes but thank you so much for listening and i hope you have a great rest of the day bye bye